0: One of the problems with being a productive person is that we can have a tendency to fill our days crammed full with projects and tasks and things to do. And in so doing, we can neglect our need for rest. But as we'll see, God has made us to need rest. Often, one of the most productive things you can do is actually to make rest a habit in your life. And here's the interesting thing. Rest does not just mean sleep. Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Regan Rose. So I don't know if you guys have ever been burnt out before. If you have ever experienced that where you are just completely out of energy? You are tired beyond belief, and it shows no sign of letting up. That's what people talk about when they refer to burnout. It's this chronic fatigue, and it is common, unfortunately, among people who take their work seriously, who try to be more productive with their lives. So in this series, as we've been talking about the essential habits of the productive Christian, I think one of the habits we have to make sure that we cover is the habit of rest. And I do mean habit. It can't just be that we wait until we burn out and we're so dog tired, we can't go another step that we finally rest. If we want to be productive for the long haul, if we want to live lives that steward the resources God has given us, we're going to have to treat this thing like a marathon and not a sprint. We're going to need to plan for rest. I remember quite well, the first time i experienced burnout when my wife and i got married we were pretty young i was 25 she was 21 and we kind of didn't really know anything as young people (laughs) are often uh want to do we thought that we needed a lot more money than we did need um I think we kind of like got spooked a little bit because people had told us, hey, you guys are too young to get married. What are you going to do about finances, blah, blah, blah. And we, neither of us had really been keeping budgets. And so we didn't know how much money we needed. And so I ended up getting three jobs thinking we need to make a bunch of money. And so I was, I had graduated college at the time when the markets had collapsed in the United States. And it was uh, 2008, 2009 t- uh, time frame. And so I could not find work with my college degree. And so I found a bunch of jobs to do. And one of those was working nights cleaning buildings, mostly banks. And so it was after everyone had gone home and I would clean these banks overnight and I would drive all around town. And at one point I had five of them that would go to, um, I don't even remember if it was nightly or how often it was, but it was several times a week. And I was doing this after working two other jobs. And I remember very vividly uh, in the middle of cleaning one of these banks, just sitting down in a chair and just crying. I was so tired and I was so worn down that I couldn't take another step. And I just, I don't even know where the emotions came from, but I just started crying. So I was burnt out and unfortunately foolishly i've been burnt out several times before and often in the pursuit of being more productive i have kind of ridden the edge of overload and i'm willing to bet that a lot of you guys do the same thing after all like i said we're trying to live these productive lives we're trying to do something and so it's natural that at times we can be tempted to overdo it and what i've learned from studying scripture and through experience as well, is that we do need rest. And I think we would all admit this, but often we wait until it's too late until we do admit it. And that's why I want to talk about rest as a habit, as something that you do and make sure to do, just like brushing your teeth or reading your Bible each day. You make sure that you're resting. You might think, oh yeah, obviously we all need to get sleep. And and that is important. And I, I do want to emphasize that you need to make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep. But actually, there are other kinds of rest than sleep. And if you've ever had the experience where you're getting enough sleep, you're going to bed on time, you're waking up on time, and yet you're still feeling worn out, fatigued, and unable to keep going, it may be that you're not getting some of these other types of rest. We need rest primarily. Because that is how God made things to work. We cannot just go and go and go. You know, the only person who does not slumber, it's God. And even he left for us as an example, him resting. God didn't need to rest after he created the world, but we read in the Genesis account that on the seventh day, God rested. And we learn through reading scripture that the reason he did this was to set for us an example of a weekly Sabbath rest. And this is not to be treated as a legalistic sort of obligation. The reason he set it forth is so that we would learn and we would benefit and we would be blessed by resting each week. And that applies to all of life. That principle that we need rest. It's based on the fact that we are creatures and God is God. And every time we lay our heads down on our pillows at night, every time we take a vacation, every time we take a walk out in nature, just to clear our heads, it should be a reminder that I need this because a God is God and I am not. He doesn't take days off, but I need to. And there is a productive value to making a habit of rest. Now, in my course on morning routines, I have a whole section that talks about sleep and getting enough of that. And so I'm not going to dig super deep into the need for sleep. I want to talk about some of these other types of rest that sometimes we are more apt to forget about. So I came across this speaker. Her name is, uh, Sandra Dalton Smith. She's a doctor and she wrote a book called sacred rest. And basically she puts forth this model of, That there are seven different types of rest now this is not as far as i can tell she's not a believer these are not biblical categories but i do think that they are helpful mental categories to consider as you think about why you might be feeling fatigued why what areas it is in your life that maybe you're not getting the kind of rest that you need she introduced the topic in a recent tedx talk and here's what she said have you ever tried to fix your chronic lack of energy By getting more sleep, only to wake up still feeling exhausted. If that's you, here's the secret. Sleep and rest are not the same thing. You see, sleep is only one part of the big picture. It's only one of the seven types of rest. So I'll link to that talk in the show notes and in the description, but here are really a rundown of the seven types of rest that she describes in her book and that she talks about in that talk. There's physical rest, which is one, and that's something we kind of get. I know that if I run several miles, I need to rest afterwards or my legs will pop off. I think, I don't know. I'm not a runner. And we know that if we live our lives normally, we need to go to sleep at night and we need adequate sleep to be recharged and ready to go the next day. And she kind of distinguishes between passive rest, which is like sleeping and active things like restorative physical types of rest, like um, like getting a massage or like stretching or things like that. And she puts those in the category physical rest. And there, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I know I need physical rest. But then she talks about number two is that we need mental rest. We need mental rest. And I think this is really the problem for a lot of us in this age, especially if you work on computers, you work in an office environment, when you have your mind turned on all day, you get fatigued. And sometimes you can't turn it off. You know, sometimes people struggle with insomnia because they can't get that mental rest. They can't turn it off. And so just like we need rest from, physical strain, we need rest from mental strain. We need to rest our minds. You cannot, you're not a robot. We don't power you up. And then you go, 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 go. And we never need to reboot. You need to reboot sometimes. And oftentimes the best way to rest mentally is actually to do something physical. And I have found having a physical hobby has always been a helpful thing for me. When I was studying, when I was in seminary, uh, when I was working in an office environment, I always liked to have physical hobbies. I, I like to do home improvement stuff. I liked to, uh, we had our, when we had our own place, I liked to have a garden and do something that it's not mindless, but it's not like, you know, creatively engaging or uh, mentally strenuous. It's relaxing to the mind. It doesn't, I'm not sleeping, but I'm doing something that's less mentally intense. This is also, I think, why we need to take vacations. You know, you ever think about that, like, well, why do I get so tired and I feel like I need a vacation recharge? Well, it's not necessarily because you're physically tired. It's because your mind is drained. And so being able to recognize and distinguish between these different types of rest can be really, really valuable, I think, in helping us to be better stewards of our lives and our time and our faculties for God's glory, because knowing what kind of rest you need can help you be more effective in planning for it. Uh, The third type of rest that she mentions in this is sensory rest. And she talks about the fact that we're exposed to bright lights, uh, computer screens, background noise, all sorts of sensory overload all day long. And this can fatigue us. You know, I remember talking to my eye doctor and they said, do you, are you looking at a computer all day? I said, yes. Isn't everyone. <laughs> and they said, you need to relax your eyes. I said, why? And they, and, cause I'd always heard this before, but I, I, You know, I'm a curious person. I want to know why do I need to relax my eyes? And they said, when you focus up close on something, your muscle in your eye is actually um, contracted. It's you you get eye strain from looking at a computer screen because to focus up close, your eyes need to actually engage a muscle. This is what the eye doctor said as far as I can remember any optometrist out there. If I'm saying this wrong, write in and I'll correct myself, but this is what I remember her telling me. And she said, but when your eyes are looking at like distance or like middle distance type thing, when you relax, you know, your focus is like way out there in the distance. That's when your muscles in your eye are, Relax. They're not contracted anymore. That's why they say to look away from your computer screen and let it relax. So again, there's a physical aspect to this, but we were not created for the type of sensory overload that we experience in modern life. And so if you want to be able to engage in this world, and we kind of have to, I think we have to, rest our senses. We have to get ourselves away from some of that sensory overload. And there's great ways to do this, to, to get sensory rest. You can, you can alleviate your senses by going somewhere quiet. Even if you're at work, just closing your eyes for a few minutes or getting out of that environment completely and just resting a little bit. You can do this in the middle of the day. You can set a little alarm on your computer to tell you to rest your eyes, which is smart to do for your vision. And you can. Um, make sure that you're getting the sensory rest you need. Now I'd like to pause and thank the supporters of this show. Redeeming Productivity is supported by people like you. Sort of like PBS, but way lower quality. So if you're benefiting from these resources and would like to help support the work of creating videos, articles, a weekly newsletter, and this podcast, consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity on Patreon. It's my mission to create biblically sound resources to help Christians get more done with their lives for God's glory. Patreon supporters make this show possible and they also receive special perks like early releases of new episodes, access to an exclusive discord server of like-minded believers, as well as physical goodies like redeeming productivity stickers and notebooks. So if you're interested in supporting redeeming productivity, head on over to patreon.com redeemingprod to learn more. There's also a link in the show notes, as well as information on how to give a one time gift if that's more your jam. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. So, she talked about physical rest, she talked about mental rest, she talked about sensory rest, and then she talked about creative rest. And I thought this was interesting. So, in this talk that I listened to, she said whether you're doing problem solving or creative work, you have to do things that replenish your creative energies. And this is interesting because you up at creative rests, And I think a lot of us will say, oh, I'm not really a creative. I'm not going to be an artist or something, but most of our jobs involve a high degree of problem solving. So whether you're in meetings or you're doing brainstorming, or you're just trying to figure something out, you know, even if you're programming, that's a highly, people don't think about it this way, but programming, do computer programming is a highly technical, yes, but highly creative activity because it involves problem solving, which is creative um, work. So we need to rest from that too and restore our creative energies. A great way to do this is something that the Lord has given us, which is creation. We can get out in nature and we can be replenished. And the reason this is so helpful, it's not just nature is great for a sensory rest and all kinds of other rest, but being out in nature is wonderful because it is inspiring. If you do any sort of creative work whatsoever, one of the best ways to replenish the creative energy is to expose yourself to the works of the ultimate creator, God, and a great place to see that is in the wonders of nature. And so of course you can take a trip to the grand Canyon, or you can go to a local park, or you can just do something that exposes you to that inspiring creative work that God has done. And you find that. You come back refreshed and the juices are flowing again, creatively, or even if it's not nature, watch something inspiring, you know, pull up some YouTube videos, uh, listen to a podcast. This is a great one right here. And you should subscribe right now and also tell your friends, but listen to something inspiring to restore that creative energy. I have found, I mean, I did a whole episode on walking <laughs> cause it's like this free, uh, miracle drug, just going for a short walk. But I'll tell you, man, I, I, I will never stop talking about this. I can bang my head against writer's block for four hours straight and get nothing out of it, or I can take a 30 minute walk and then I get back to my desk and I have too much to write. It's unbelievable what happens when you take creative rest. And we need to plan for these things. That's my whole point here is there's different types of rest. I'm not saying build a huge giant calendar, but if you find that you are repeatedly drained in one of these specific areas or in multiple ones, why not plan? I've said it in probably every episode of this series. The habits that you plan are, well, I don't remember how I said it, but basically if you want to have a habit stick, you got to plan to do that habit. Okay. So when you make a plan, that is why something will actually become a habit. And so put it on your calendar, put it on your reminder, go for a walk each day, or, uh, like I said before, relax your eyes. You need this type of rest to be a habit. Fifth, she mentions emotional rest. And she also, number six is social rest. And I, I would have to dig a little bit deeper to see what exactly, if these really should be separate categories or not, but My assumption is she probably needed seven chapters. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Uh, But emotional rest, she describes it as this need to um, take a break from exerting your emotional energies. And this, I probably should have said this at the beginning, but the way that she talks about rest is very interesting. Kind of her model is based on this assumption that anything that takes energy from us, like physical exertion or mental exertion or emotional exertion. Those are areas of our lives that need rest. So that's how kind of her conception of these different areas of rest work. And so since we can become quote unquote, emotionally drained, we can have energy, emotional energy be expended. We need to find ways to rest emotionally and parents and pastors know emotional drainage well if you work with people and you bear other people's burdens, and by the way, this is part of being a Christian where to bear one another's burdens, the big part of that is bearing emotional burdens. Well, guess what? If you want to do that effectively, you need to make sure that you're also getting emotional rest. This isn't about holding everyone at arm's length or not, you know, bearing burdens. It's about having a balance where you, you bear the burdens and then you recognize I am a creature. I cannot bear the weights of the world. Forever, I need to pull back and I need to rest, especially when something's been emotionally draining. Interesting thing too is that all of these different types of rest and energy kind of relate to each other. And it's because God has made us as an integrated whole. If you ever come back from a funeral or from particularly hard conversation or something that emotionally drains you, often you're physically tired too. And so you do need to sleep, but you also need to find ways to replenish yourself emotionally. I think that this one, the emotional rest it's made worse. Uh, if you're a people pleaser, you will be more in need of emotional rest. If you are somebody who habitually is trying to earn others approval. Why? Well, because you get emotionally drained by faking it. Don't you? If you have to go to a party or something where you don't really feel like you fit in, you feel like you kind of have to put on a little act and not be yourself, you know, you have to get dressed up and you don't normally get dressed up and you have to talk a certain way. That's not um, something that fills you up, (laughs) you know, emotionally and um, even socially. Number six, which is the next one, it drains you. And you need to take a rest from that. So one of the ways that you can be recharged emotionally and socially is by having relationships and talks with people that you can be vulnerable with and open with. And, you know, Lord willing, this would happen within your church, or if you have a, with your spouse or with close, dear friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, or maybe even a pastor, but it's amazing, isn't it? How, we can feel I'm totally emotionally drained and one conversation with someone who has a listening uh, ear and a sympathetic heart can completely recharge your battery, make you feel like you can take on the world. And you know, you, you can say, cut me Mick. And they put you back in the fight and you can, you can exert more emotional energy or social energy. It really is remarkable. And I just think it's a, it's a fascinating thing to think about, emotional and social energy and how those get drained, because man, it just speaks to God's design, doesn't it? He has made us to be integrated, not just, you know, mind, body, spirit, right? Like as, as a person, but interpersonally, it's why God gave us the church. It's why I can't do this all on my own. I need to talk to other people. I need their emotional support. I need social interaction. If I'm going to Um, be effective for the long haul. So it's something to consider. Make sure you're getting emotional rest um, and make sure also that you're getting social rest. And like I said, this is related to emotional rest and this is number six, but sometimes we do need to get away from people for a bit. And, you know, people talk about everyone's wired a little bit differently, but there is nothing wrong with taking a break from people for a little while. Obviously, you don't want to go and become a hobbit because then you'll have hair on the tops of your feet. But you want to make sure hermit, the word I was looking for was hermit. And then I said hobbit and I made a joke about it. <laughs> you don't want to become a hermit and withdraw from society, but at times it's good to, you know, go kind of walled in it up like uh, Henry David Thoreau, get away a little bit, get that social rest. And this is interesting, I think, because, um. In Mark 4, you remember Jesus gets on the boat because he's been preaching and teaching all day. He gets on the boat with the disciples, and then there's that storm, and he's asleep in the bow of the boat. You remember this story? Great story. What's interesting about that, one, is is that it shows like the humanity and the divinity of Jesus because he's human, that he needed rest, but he's divine and that he could calm the storm by his very words, by his own authority. Really amazing stuff. Jesus rocks. You should look into him, probably follow him as your savior. But my point is simply this. It wasn't just physical rest that Jesus was in need of. Jesus had been with these crowds and he wanted to get on the boat because he needed a break. Jesus, who is God, was also a man. And part of being human is that you need to rest from people sometimes. So it is okay to do that. Sometimes we can overburden ourselves. We think, especially if you're in ministry or like I said, a parent or someone who other people depend on, you think that you can never stop. You can never pull back for a little while. But I just, I implore you to reconsider how you are thinking about your own abilities. You're not God. You need to take breaks once in a while. And if this is part of your life, maybe your social work or something, and this is a constant thing where it's social and emotional energy is being spent, why not take some time and try to make rest from those things a habit? Put a quarterly vacation on your calendar. Don't wait until you're so tired. I need a vacation. Take one before you really, really need it. Um, put a, put a day in each month where you're just not going to engage in those things and do some me time. It's not selfish. It's stewardship to take care of yourself, to rest when you need it. So you can get back in the fight and keep on pushing and keep on being productive in God's power for his glory to be productive. Part of that means taking advantage of the things God has given you to enable you to be productive. One of those is rest. Finally, uh, she offers number seven, which is spiritual rest, which I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Well, I don't know if this woman is, is a Christian or not. And she kind of vaguely states what spiritual rest is, but how she described it was it involves connecting with something bigger than yourself. And I probably not going to agree with everything she says about this, but I, I do think that she is spot on here. You need to connect with someone bigger than yourself and not anyone, the true and living God to rest spiritually is to spend time in prayer and in the word of God, and even with his saints on a Sunday at church, praising him and worshiping him, but I think what's so funny, not funny, sad is maybe the right word. We often view fellowship with God, or I'll call it spiritual rest, spending time with God as something that takes energy from us. We view it as something that's going to drain us. Oh, I need to really have enough willpower to, to read the Bible today. Or I need to really work myself and pray to God because it's hard to focus. And maybe it does deplete some of our mental energy to, to force ourselves to pray and to force our, ourselves to focus first thing in the morning and read the word. I'm sure that it does deplete those things. It pays it back in spiritual energy. This sounds all woo the way I'm saying it. My point is simply that when you spend time with God, it recharges you spiritually. To be with the Lord. Remember when Moses comes down from the mountain and his face is glowing and the people are like, cover up your face. It's too glowy. You're scaring us. Uh, That's a paraphrase. Or it was the message translation, which was also a paraphrase. Now, but remember the, the people were like, this guy's been with God. It's changed him. You know, this experience, if you're a Christian and you spend time with the Lord, you know what that's like to come back recharged spiritually. And this is what we need because we're not trying to live the Christian life in our own strength. It's not possible. It's not advisable and it's not glorifying to God. And so making sure that you're making a habit of recharging yourself spiritually as well is going to make you more productive in the long haul. Because you've got to remember, we are dependent on God to do anything of any sort of spiritual value. Right? Like I want to serve him, not in my own power. I want to serve him in his power, which means I need to be walking by faith each day, I need to be being filled with his Holy spirit. I need to be in communion with God. If I want to do the type of productivity that matters and the only type of productivity that really matters is the kind that bears eternal fruit, whether that's at your job or in your family or in a pulpit or wherever. The type of work you do, the most important aspect of it is how you do it. And in whose power you do it in. Cause even if you're just making widgets at the factory, you can make widgets to the glory of God, if you're walking faithfully with him and you're doing that job well by his strength and for his glory. And so make sure you're recharging your batteries. Make sure you are resting. Make sure that if you find an area that you are feeling, especially depleted in sit down write out a plan, set up reminders on your little calendar or on your to-do app or whatever, so that you are making a habit of resting and guess what? You're going to feel a lot better and guess what else? You're going to be a lot more productive in the long run when you make a plan to rest. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you again here next time. But until I do remember this in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.